0: Welcome to the Carolina Weather Group. I'm James Briarton in Charlotte. Well, you maybe were hoping for more snow this year, but we can take you back in time to more snow than any of us have probably seen in our lifetimes here in the Carolinas, unless, of course, you recall the 1973 snowstorm that goes by many names. It brought over two feet of snow to the Carolinas, and you may know it as the Great Snowstorm, of 1973 the great southeast snowstorm of 1973 the blizzard of 1973 but just before we hit record frank Strait joining us from columbia south carolina called it the granddaddy of them all and i think that is how i will refer to it from now on so uh, frank is here with us as a member of our carolina weather group panel but also wearing his dnr shirt uh representing the uh, great state of south carolina with melissa griffin the assistant state climatologist for south carolina who jointly you guys have put together a great mountain of data about 2 feet of snows worth of data that takes us back to 1973 this week uh when this great snowstorm was upon us so uh i i i was n- not here in the Carolinas in 1973. So so bring me up to speed on what I missed 50 years ago, Melissa.
1: As you put it, it you know, it, we, we call it the great southeastern snowstorm. And I will agree, the Frank, with the granddaddy of them all, is probably one of the biggest snow events that we've had here in the Carolinas and that's not just here in South Carolina but across portions of North Carolina as well and this particular snowstorm was quite interesting Um, we actually ended up with record highs like in, in really abnormally warm weather ahead of this storm and I'll let Frank talk a little bit more about the synoptic on that but this one set records and records that have not been broken in many parts of the state since 1973.
2: Uh, that's right. Uh, these the storm that we had is so you called it the granddaddy of them all, and uh, that's that's what I uh, called it in a presentation I gave to uh, South Carolina DPS at their uh, winter storm planning meetings back in December. And it's because it caused the the biggest twenty four hour snow uh, that we have seen in the state of South Carolina the the twenty four inches that uh, fell in at Ramini with this storm. Uh, it's not the biggest snowstorm of all, but uh, uh, that was but it's at Caesar's Head for a right, three-day Frank? event, but it's the biggest 24, uh, 24-hour snowstorm we've had. Yeah, but, yeah uh, it
1: is. It is one of the biggest events. So, um, you know, here across South Carolina, I think, um, you know, Frank compiled uh, a bunch of the three-day events. And I want to say at many locations, it ends up being the largest Um, you know, three-day event. And and that's measuring from the 9th of February through the 11th of February, 1973. Um, You know, Frank mentioned the statewide 24-hour rainfall total, or sorry, snowfall total. Um, But eight of the uh, top 13 occurrences of, you know, the maximum amount of snow that we've had from a snow system actually came from this one event. And that's from, that's stretching from everywhere from Columbia to uh, Blackville down to Lake City, uh, you know, Maine. I mean, this was this was a pretty impactful event.
0: Frank, why don't you, uh, for our audio listeners, take them through some of these numbers we have on the screen here.
1: Uh, Right. Well, of course, the
2: big one is uh, in uh, Rimini where there was uh, 24 inches that fell and uh, the band of heavy snow went uh, sort of right across the Uh, central savannah river area northern part of the low country and uh, across the the south midlands and into the pd region Uh, and a lot of those areas saw uh, 18 to 24 inches Uh, some areas uh, came up a a little bit less than 18 but uh, we had 16 for example in columbia And uh, that much snow, it uh, just had wide-ranging impacts. We had uh, a lot of stranded travelers. Uh, We had uh, schools out for a while. And even though it wasn't particularly cold in the wake of this storm, it uh, took several days for the snow to
0: melt. I'll ask this question for the folks watching with us right now on Facebook and YouTube of the sorts. Uh, tell us uh, what you would do with two feet of snow if it were to happen today, or or maybe regale to us what you did with two feet of snow 50 years ago, if, if that was in fact the case, if you recall some of these these numbers, which uh, I'll also say, and Melissa mentioned it a moment ago, it wasn't just South Carolina, it was also North Carolina, and even parts of Georgia got nearly two feet of snow, which, I mean, I'm a New Yorker who went to school in georgia and now lives in, in charlotte so um while while i i chuckle sometimes at how one or two or three or four inches can, can shut things down for a long while of time i can't even actually even fathom what two inches of snow in the south would would do and would look like because even by my new yorker standard two feet of snow is a ton of snow and that is like you're staying put you're not going anyplace
1: yeah, it really did catch a lot of people off guard with this particular system. Um, you know, we 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 had a uh, you know the people woke up on the morning of the tenth and there was snow coating the ground. And you know, it's it's really funny. You know, the Charleston Evening Post even in their headline had like snow you know kind of drawn across that you know their uh, the the title page and tons of pictures of, of snowmen and you know kids actually going out and enjoying this because this was a generational type of snowstorm for here in the south. Southeast. But, you know, along with that fun of having those snowball fights, sledding and building snowman, I mean, uh, you know, Frank alluded to this. We had thousands of people that were stranded on, you know, on I-95 right. and portions of the low country and and even into the PD. And people were abandoning their cars because they were stuck in the snow. Um, you know, we don't, um, you know, James mentioned he's from, you know, the north. I grew up in the Delmarva area. And so, you know, two feet of snow, we expect plows to come through, start moving the snow out of the way, you know, maybe some salt on the ground are on the roads and there was nothing like that and no big fleet that, you know, DOT had at the time that could clear the roads quick enough. So people are abandoning their cars on the side of the road and walking to nearby houses, uh, hotels, you know, trying to find some place to get out of the storm and actually stay warm during this particular event. Um, And then the, the aftermath of that was, you know, as Frank said, it would still stay cold and you couldn't get the, you know, the snow wasn't melting. So, you had all these abandoned cars on major highways across the state and the, the national guard had to come and you know try and clear the, the road and make them passable again and there were parts of the state that were impassable for i believe up to like three days after this particular event
0: melissa mentioned at the beginning of the show how warm it was ahead of the storm but i know you pulled some data that the supports not only was it obviously below freezing during the storm but it was it was actually at blizzard-like conditions at times is that right
2: that's right uh i uh have uh, some observations here somewhere uh, from this storm uh, at the uh, Florence Airport. And uh, at uh, the Florence Airport, there was uh, actually blizzard uh, conditions criteria met there. Uh, In order to truly be a blizzard, uh, the storm has to produce uh, heavy snow and winds gusting to 35 miles an hour uh, frequently uh, for at least three hours straight. And uh, that happened uh, with this with this snowstorm in Florence and it's the only uh, storm that I've been able to find uh, there, there might be others that I don't know about but there are others uh, this is the only one that I am that I've been able to find in state history that actually does meet the those that criteria as being a true blizzard.
1: I think okay. one of the other interesting things that Frank found when he was going through this data was actual mention of thunder snow oh. at the Florence regional airport during on, on on the morning of um the uh, the tenth, and you know that was something that was also mentioned um, by a couple of our National Weather Cooperative observers at the time. So the observer in the Little Mountain area of um, South Carolina had written on her observer form that there was thunder at 3 a.m. in the morning accompanying the snow that was falling. So you know there's two reports from that particular storm uh, that kind of allude to this convective type of snowfall and, and probably you know. It helped increase some of those uh, snowball totals in those areas.
0: Melissa, you were talking before about going through and, and finding some of these data points. Um, you guys both looking through the archives. This is long before MPing and Coco Ross. What type of data is it that you're looking at?
1: So some of this data that we're looking at um, comes from, and I mentioned the National Weather Cooperative Observer Program, and that's been in a program that's been around since the Organic Act in 1890. And so we've been fortunate enough to have observers that have, you know, been part of that network for hundreds of years. We've got some families that have taken it on as their role and duty and have actually reported in the state for over 125 years. And, you know, not only are they taking those measurements of the temperature, you know, the maximum, minimum temperature, rainfall and snowfall, but they're also leaving some comments behind, you know, especially when they have these really big impactful events. And so, you know, I kind of mentioned the one from Little Mountain. Um, I believe there were a couple others um, and Jamie you might have to scroll down a little bit further, um, but some of these forms have kind of like broken out and, you know, made them a little bit bigger. So, you know, from like the Georgia area. So this is over in Appling just across the Savannah uh, River, you know, they say snow began at 12 o'clock on the 9th and that there was snow on the ground the 10th through the 14th so you know we kind of told you that it was cold and it took a while for that snow to actually melt um you know one of the other observers that we had um this is actually the um observer from Pelion, South Carolina who talks about snow drifts that were like two and a half to five feet deep and if it hadn't been for a heavy um you know heavy tractors and a terrace blade you know they would have lost some of their cattle I mean just just trying to like imagine this going on in the middle of South Carolina is kind of crazy um you know another one that we had uh, from Blackville you know snow and sleet totaled 17 inches and that some of the snow that remained in the shaded areas was there through the almost the end of the month so you know just to kind to give you like the scope, you know, it's hard sometimes to visualize that much snow on the ground, um, you know, and how long it lasted. And then of course the, the report from little mountain there with the thunder, you know, at three 30 in the morning, 14 to 20 inch drifts of snow and, in, in you know, Newberry County here in South Carolina.
0: And when you say it was warm before the event, you mean it was at seventy degrees before the end? Yes,
1: event. it was. It was actually. It started off to be one of the warmer starts to February on record. So I mean, there are a couple of um, there are couples. So I guess this is the like the fifth. So you're talking just four days beforehand. Um, you know, it was almost seventy degrees here in Columbia. It was you know sixty six at Charleston, Florence, and 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 Greer. Um, so you're talking, to, and you can see there's a high pressure system that's like southeast high pressure system. So you've got all that nice. He's... Warm, moist air funneling into the area. And so those temperatures were rather high through most of the event. Um, That cold front moved through on the 7th. And then that's when it kind of like started to change. And I'm going to let Frank talk about what basically happened next after this.
2: Uh, Right. Well, we had uh, sort of a one two punch of storm systems come through. There was uh, one cold front that came through, but uh, didn't really knock the temperatures down that much. But uh, then a second one came through, I I think it was the 8th. So uh, sort of, uh, 36 hours ahead of that storm. And there was a more genuine polar air mass that came in behind that, and it uh, it turned a lot colder. Uh, now, the thing is, uh, you know, this was 50 years ago, and uh, weather forecasting was uh, m- still more of an art than a science, probably. Uh, and I went back and uh, looked up some of the old weather forecasts uh, that were printed in the newspapers the day before The storm hit and and none of them had a mention of of any snow or or any precipitation at all so uh not only was this storm one of the biggest ones in state history it was it was not really forecast so
0: melissa i want to take you back to uh the obs that you were looking at from the uh, cooperative where do you even find these sheets (laughs) of paper
1: um, they are actually on archive at the uh, National Center for Environmental Information, which is the main archive for all weather data. Um, and it's located in Asheville, North Carolina. So, um, but I'm lucky enough to actually have paper copies of some of this data in my office. And, you know, I've, I've, I've joked around saying that, like, you know, these are my prized possessions that I actually have in my office. And if anything were to ever happen to my office, you'd see me running in to save these things. Um, but we're lucky enough that, through a a program called co-op modernization, they went back and they scanned a lot of these documents to try and preserve them, not only for the numerical observations, but also for those comments and that that, qualitative data that goes along with it. And so some of these, um, some of these sheets uh, go back to the early uh, 1800s that, you know, we have access to. And if anybody does follow me on Twitter, occasionally you'll see me throw up on this day in you know, South Carolina history and a lot, I was going to say on a lot of those sheets, I'm able to pull down from, you know, this particular, um, this particular platform that they have there.
0: This is obviously a huge event and we know that every winter on average, the last couple of years, the trend has been it's getting warmer. And spoiler alert, when the temperature is warmer, it becomes harder to snow. Um, so while this these numbers are obviously outstanding, in context of nineteen seventies, what what were those winters like? Were they were they snowier winters than we Ooh. than we have today? From what Rod I can strokes. remember,
2: I mean, I grew up in Rock Hill, late 70s in the 80s. Um, the late 70s and early 80s were colder and snowier than today. Yeah. Um, that being, However, that being said, uh, the 70s are a cold period and early 80s are a cold period in our climate record. So if you look back over the last 50 years, there's been a heck of a warming trend since then. But the warming trend, if you go back even further through to the beginning of our reliable period of record, is is not as significant.
1: You know, it, you know, you mentioned, we, you know, a winter without, uh, you know, we might not get a snowfall. And yes, the little rodent that we all love to hate, um, you know, did predict <laughs> six more weeks of winter. Um but, you know, we've actually had snow in late February, in March, in April, and even a surprise snow the beginning of May for portions of the upstate. Um, so, I mean, it's not to say that we're completely, like, blocked out from snow happening, because we have had snow events that have happened later in the season, Um but usually you have to have a really good setup. you have to have a really good Arctic cold air you know mass come through in order for those to happen. Not saying it's completely out of the woods, but you know there, there's a there's a chance
2: right. it's It's never really easy to make a snowstorm happen in the Carolinas at least outside the mountains, especially South Carolina. but it gets really difficult, especially for South Carolina once you get past February 15th. Yeah. That being said, one of the biggest snowstorms from when I was a kid, was march 24th of 83 we had 10 inches in rock hill and that was the third or fourth day of spring
1: yeah so it can happen. dream it it could happen it can
0: right uh frank february 10th through 12th 1973 the snowstorm we've been talking about the granddaddy of them all what are some of the other stats you've been able to recover
2: Right. Well, uh, Ramini's uh, snow is the state record, but uh, there were some uh, some very heavy snow reported over a lot of South Carolina. Uh, Sumter had 21 inches. That was 17 inches in Florence, and uh, of course that's where we had uh, the, the verified blizzard conditions. And then uh, 16 in Columbia, 16 in Aiken, and a few other spots that uh, had at least 18 there. And the effects on the state were, were pretty substantial. Uh, there were at least 11 exposure-related fatalities in South Carolina. I got that from uh, an old uh, news article in the state newspaper. But that uh, only covered uh, a few regions of the state, so there may have been more in uh, other parts of the state that uh, weren't in that story uh, i95 was not yet finished in those days it was mostly done but not quite but uh, there were many thousands of of, of uh, stranded travelers along that road and uh, i26 and uh, at one point there were 16700 people uh, travelers in in shelters around the state uh, who were uh, stranded by the storm. Uh, governor John West, uh, the governor at the time, uh, issued a state of emergency and I got the National Guard out to assist with the uh, rescue and relief. And uh, thanks to the uh, fact that uh, we had so much snow when some areas of schools were out for a whole week because it just took that long to to melt it off the roads
1: so, you know, digging through and looking at, you know, I wasn't here at the time and didn't, don't really know too many people who lived in South Carolina in 1973. But, you know, digging through the archives, looking through all the different newspaper clippings of all the different impacts that, you know, happened statewide. I think probably one of the things that stood out to me was one of the headlines that I came across where, you know, Governor John West declared by executive order that some counties would remain dry while they were, while the state of emergency was an effect. Um, and there was actually a state of emergency effect for, I believe, 31 counties in, in South Carolina. I think they, they, 31 counties were actually declared federal disaster areas from that. Um, and this, the removal of the snow was about $30 million at the time in 1973, which is about $220 million. Um, you know, you, you, you do that cost adjustment. But I just remember seeing the headlines about dry, um, that counties had to remain dry while they were under a state of emergency.
0: Well, what is being trapped in your home if I can't put a little Kahlua or something in my hot chocolate?
1: Exactly. Yeah, I have the
2: feeling that uh, that emergency declaration uh, didn't go over particularly well. I certainly (laughs) could uh, certainly could understand not having alcohol sales in restaurants in that state of emergency area too. But man, if you want to go, you want to have a six pack. (laughs) Go go to the convenience store and grab a six pack. Just walk.
0: (laughs) Well, this is this is amazing. I do hope that safely. We can get another event like this because it sounds a little fun, and I know I'm only wish casting for the happy, safe parts of it, but boy, would that be so much fun for the kids uh, to be able to sleigh ride on two feet of snow? I mean it, it does it does bring me back to some of my own New York childhood memories. Uh, Frank and Melissa, thank you so much for compiling all this and sharing it with us tonight. Uh, Frank, where can people learn more about this if they're hungry to learn more?:
2: Well, one place you can go is. South Carolina Wildlife Magazine. Melissa and I wrote an article on the storm that is in the current issue, the January-February edition. So if you're a subscriber to South Carolina Wildlife Magazine, you've already seen it, I'm sure, because those came out uh, last month. But um, if you want to, uh, you can find it online too. Tell them where to find it, Melissa.
1: We're gonna provide a link uh, to the article that's been uploaded to the South Carolina or South Carolina State Climatology Office. Um, So hopefully you'll check it out. And if you like the article, maybe you'll subscribe to the magazine because Frank and I are featured in it you know, with the different things that we talk about with uh, historical weather or even weather safety.
0: That is excellent information. And I want to just acknowledge that uh, Frank's toss to Melissa sounded like she was going to tell them what they had won on a game show. (laughs) Melissa, tell them what they have won.
1: (laughs) You've won six more weeks of winter.
0: Oh, man. (laughs) Let me try
2: this again. Tell me that. Melissa, tell
1: them what they won. (laughs) (laughs) That was a really good voice.
0: Uh, You can find a link to that article. Uh, in the description of wherever you are watching or listening to this week's episode of the Carolina Weather Group, uh, Melissa, great to see you, uh, Frank. Pretty good to see you as well. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm
2: here every week. <laughs> Melissa, we, we bring her in when there's when there's, uh, when there's uh, something that uh, fits her area yeah. of expertise, and uh, we're glad to have her on. Who and knows? I'm, uh, Maybe I'm glad to get to work with her. It's one one of the things that makes working for the the Climate Office is having her around and get to see her smiling face every day and Thanks, give her
0: chocolate. Frank. Thank you again. I'm James Brierton Charlotte. Stay subscribed. We will see you back here again real soon for more from the Carolina Weather Group.